1: all right welcome to the pittsburgh steelers podcast we got joe 412 joe at draft 412 on the uh on the mic with me we're gonna talk pittsburgh steelers but first off let's get uh let's get a shout out to bet rivers uh one of our sponsors um and honestly i want about i want a couple hundred dollars uh, earlier in the year betting football games on bet rivers it's a great app get 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 the app on your phone uh they have prop bets you can do anything you want on there they do they do a good job plus they're local if you you have a chance to take your your Wi-Fi or go out with a couple buddies. They have a beautiful setup at Bet Rivers, so make yourself down to uh, North Shore to the Bet to at uh, Bet Rivers. Joe, Pittsburgh Steelers seven and four. They find a way. They seem to find a way every week, almost every week. I mean, coming off a, a rough loss to Cleveland. Are you? And I know this is a this is a contentious question. Are you a hundred percent sure? that it was Matt Canada that was holding back the offense? Or do you, you need to see a little bit more mm-hmm. to make sure that it wasn't just a, a fluky game? Well, I think he was a big part of it. Uh, I think he
0: he, was, he had an oversimplified scheme. Uh, teams had expected what he was going to do. He was uh, limiting what I – mean, we saw it last week. I mean, um, Pat Fryermouth had nine catches for over 100 yards and they were throwing the ball in the middle of the field mm-hmm. which they hadn't done consistently all season. Um, you know, and sure. with improved offensive line play, the running game was there. They are sure. playing against a depleted Cincinnati Bengals team, but one that still was is competing for a playoff spot at home in a division where the teams are very, you know, close with one another. They know what everybody's going to do. Um, and yet still, you know, they found a way to, to break that embarrassing streak of games under 400 yards. And Thanks. you don't do that unless he's a big part of it right and with his departure the very next week and they corrected a bunch of stuff now that said there's still a lot of room for improvement here and I think we can admit that there's uh we saw improvement in Kenny and you know I think you know we saw improvement uh, again in the in the 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 schematic offensive scheme that they they ran in that game you know taking the reins off him a little bit and allowing him to do some things that weren't you know related to 12 screen passes in a game yeah. you know yeah, stuff yeah. like that and, and i think that you know the, the team's ready for that kind of transition and, and, and he needs to take the next step and this will allow him to do that but you know i still think their record is a function of a pretty fair schedule uh they've got a you know modest schedule it's not you know a world beater by any stretch of the imagination the next two games are against two of the worst teams in the league in arizona and in new england uh and they have a chance to go nine and four should go nine and four, um, you know, and, and be there. And let's face it, they should have won that last Cleveland game. Uh, They were in it all the way up until the end and they blew it. And, you know, another one of these games where you shake your head saying, how did you lose to DTR? Uh, and they could have won that Jacksonville game. Now the, the score eventually pulled away at the end of the game. They were, they were, I mean, they were very competitive uh, in that game. So this team could be nine and two. And really, they're only one game out of first place in the AFC. Um, as ridiculous as that might sound, uh, they're there. Uh, and they still have a ch- couple of chances to, to use a Tomlinism and stack a few more wins and get to that 9-4 and four mark over the next two weeks before they go into that home stretch. So, you know, yes, I think that um, I am confident that, that Canada was a big part of the problem. Uh, but they still got to get better. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about how they're going to get better Uh, later in the podcast, but uh, I think they did the right thing. He had had his his chance and, you know, stepping one game away and then putting up 400 plus yards against a a playoff team, uh, regardless of of the level of of injuries that they were suffering. We all have injuries, um, you know, at this time of year, every, every team does. uh, But, you know, the Steelers found a way to win.
1: I mean, you, you make a good point. They could easily go 11 and, um, they could easily go 11 or 12 wins. I mean, honestly, Baltimore may be Baltimore may be the toughest challenge. It probably is the toughest challenge left on the uh on the schedule. I think they still got Indianapolis as well. Um they they got they got some really bad games. I mean, you got Cleveland, I'm not Cleveland, they got Cincinnati again with Jake Browning or if they go out and get a quarterback. So, and that's a home game. Um I I agree with you. I think this team really and that, that's hard to say that because they could easily lose to Arizona because that's the way Tomlin teams have always been. Uh that's one of the parts that, that drove me nuts. What did you think also about the fact that we used a play action last game? What what in your opinion, what would the reason for Matt Canada not using we were 29th in the league in play action plays going into the last week? Like what would the reasoning be for that? I I have no idea. You know, I I, I
0: honestly I I you know. I hate to say it because I think the guy is an incredible college offensive coordinator, but you know things had a tendency to oversimplify it. And play action pass is a part of every pro game, every one of them. Uh, some are better than others, and the fact that we weren't using it um, and then showed that we could, especially you know uh, as the run game continues to improve. Uh, it's really hard to answer that question because I'm not in the guy's head. Yeah.
1: I just yeah, there's I no real really reason mean. why that wasn't the case. and you saw that it made a difference uh, <laughs> <on> the- <clears throat> It opens up the middle of the field too. and I, you, you first played the a game, they did a play action and i I made a comment out loud. I'm like, wow, play action it's it's amazing how much it it could open up a um especially a team like Pittsburgh that does run the ball uh consistently at least a fifty fifty shot at running the ball. So I think that the play action was a great a great change in that respect there, there was a goat last game and not the greatest of all time kind of goat. but me and you both played a lot of sports, Joe, and we've been, we've, we've done stuff to help teammates. We've done stuff where we've seen teammates help us. And we've done stuff where we saw teammates just give up on a team. And, and we've all had that happen in our life. Deontay Johnson on his video, man, might be one of the worst might be one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like, on, honestly, I mean, from, from the snap to the fact that the ball fumbled five feet from him, five, like 10 feet from him, the guy that he was supposed to be blocking picks the ball up and he just turns around and goes the other way. Well, what should be done? I know we apologize, but come on. I mean, what do you want to see done at something like that? That's, that's, well, it's rough. Yeah, go ahead. Finish. Yeah, your I'm, just, I'm just saying that's it's really rough. I can't see how a Cam Hayward accepts that um, accepts that apology.
0: No, especially on the on the heels of um, the altercation with Mika Fitzpatrick, another team leader, uh, the previous week. Uh, part of the problem is it it was embarrassing, and the league called it out. What makes it worse is that he wasn't benched for the rest of the game, and Tom didn't have him come out of the the locker room. Uh, this was something that they showed at halftime. You know, and the league's cameras caught it. They showed it and said, what was this? You know, and if I were the coach, he would not Uh, have suited up for that second half of the game. And I I would have put us at a disadvantage. But here's here's the thing. He's not good enough Uh, to do that stuff. You know, if you're Terrell Owens and you're going to go on up the Hall of Fame or even Antonio Brown with some of his antics, you're you're an all pro. You know, you're a guy that makes a difference. Deontay Johnson doesn't make a difference. You know, he, he's he's a difference maker on a team that doesn't have very many weapons. But at the end of the day, he's a very mediocre receiver. And all the talk we heard about him being a great teammate and rallying, great teammates don't do that. No. He quit on that play. He knew he wasn't going to be part of it. He caused the, the, you know, the, to not go out and block your guy, even fake block your guy, he stood there and let it happen and didn't have the courtesy to pay attention to the fumble that happened five feet from him. For me, Tomlin made a big mistake showing that this is okay. You know, we got this mediocre talent who's allowed to do this on our team, and we're not going to do anything to punish him. And look, we all make mistakes. I've made them, you've made them, we've all made them, and some of them a lot more important in our lives than what he did in this game. But at the end of the day, there's got to be repercussions for that. This isn't a Lawrence Taylor staying out all night and showing up late. Where you're gonna, of course, you're gonna play the best player at his position ever. And Bill Parcells laughed when people said what was where the discipline for him. There, he's not a guy that has special rules. He just doesn't. I agree. and and that was entirely unacceptable. And I, if it were up to me, I I would have taken some disciplinary action at halftime. He would not have come out of that locker room with the Western with the rest of my team. Tomlin doing that, I think, is a Scar, uh, it's hard to, in my opinion, it's, it's hard to say that he did the right thing by letting it come out, even though we all know deep uh, down the Steelers need him. You know, our wide receiver core is not deep and he does get separation. He does yeah. drop a lot of balls. He dropped a touchdown in this game by not tucking it away and not... At the end, he thought he had scored and he had, you know, but, it, but still, in this day and age of super slow-mo and goofy referee stuff and calling something a touchdown for the sake of getting a replay for free. And it really then having to go to a stands call and all the kind of crap that comes with that. That's the problem with this guy. He had, doesn't finish plays. He's a, he's a concentration problem waiting to happen.
1: Well, you foreshadowed the next question. And I know on Facebook and social media, people were going nuts because they had, I cannot remember the referee's name they had on as a special guest, but the, the referee came out and said, that's a touchdown. Like he, he said it was a touchdown. He said that, you know, he made the third step, was down. And even live, I did say to myself, Well, wow, that guy locked the ball out sort of late. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, too. So you gotta put just finish the play, man. Put the ball away. But do you do you blame Tomlin? And in his press conference, he said they they, they didn't show the replay in the state at the stadium. He didn't get to see it. Um, it happened so fast. Now, me and you both watch the penguins religiously, and we know that Mike Sullivan gets a phone call or a buzz down, or as soon as a guy's offsides. I mean, we, he gets these offsides penalty calls instantly from somebody. From what I heard, Tomlin does not, he wants to do everything. He doesn't have somebody that gives him like, Hey, you better, you should, you should, you know, you should uh, challenge this kind of play. Do you think that's something that's just, just another one of the Mike Tomlin things that just got to, it's got to change. I mean, that's, that could have came back to haunt us. And I'm not making an excuse for Johnson, but you could tell on the next play, that was part of the problem. He was pouting like a little baby. I think he knew he had a touchdown. He thought he had a touchdown. It's twenty-four games without a touchdown. It's a long time without a touchdown. And um, but what do you think about that? You think Tomlin's got to wise up and just like, hey, man, we you got you got the people personnel now upstairs. You got, I mean, the announcers knew it right away. Why, why can't why can't his his answer made no sense to me?
0: Right, it was nonsensical. Oh. And for a veteran coach, uh, look, he's not going to change. If he was going to change, he would have changed already. The guy's already been in the league way too long, too comfortable in his position. Uh, and you're right. I mean, everybody else has had a chance to see that. And with a team like this, that doesn't score much. Yeah, you need to you have a chance. That. You're A first half roll of the dice t- timeout is the only thing it's yep. going to cost you. Why would you not do that? I mean, worst case scenario, you lose a timeout. Uh, what's the difference? Then you get a chance to spend a minute or two or five in some cases Planning the next play. Uh, and, um, you know, it was a touchdown. It was a bad call. I think everybody agrees it's a bad call. That referee crew made a lot of bad calls during that game and should be, you know, reprimanded for that by the league. Um, if if players can be fined, officials should be able to be fined for poor play or demoted uh, or told to go back to
1: the, to the drawing board. But
0: this is not on them. You know, this is on Tomlin. He could have changed it or at least had a chance to change it. And he decided not to, and it cost the Steelers a touchdown and and invariably a possession because of Deontay Johnson's pouting. And uh, it it was just a perfect storm to underscore some things that need to change. We talked about Canada, number one, Deontay Johnson, number two, and and Tomlin's lack of a willingness to change uh, as a number three. And I think those are things that are stopping this team and have stopped this team, not just this year, But over the course of many years, from getting back to a championship level, there's always these problems. There's always discipline problems. And and that's just something that, you know, you're going to find with a coach that coaches with emotion and loves his players as opposed to being a disciplinarian. And there's good and bad and yin and yang with both. Uh, And unfortunately, we just haven't gotten back to a Super Bowl. (laughs) You know, even with the talent that we had, uh, and this team is not Super Bowl caliber. No. Uh, but again, we're sitting there with a an
1: obvious call. Just make, just throw the challenge flag. You made the best point about the, the whole thing. First half, first half time on. I mean, come on, like, and this just the uh, the actual confidence you give Pickett. Then Pickett gets a touchdown pass there. Johnson gets his first in twenty four games. It it open, I, I'm not making excuses. Like I said, Johnson should never pouted, but um. A lot of things change if he throws that flag. There's no doubt. I mean, and I feel bad for Jalen Warren. He's the, he's a guy that doesn't quit. He doesn't quit on his teammates, and he, you know, barely fumbled that, but he did fumble that, and and you know, he ends up being the, you know, um, it almost changed the, the uh, course of the game there. Especially if if um if Hayward don't bring him down, man, it's 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 a, it's a whole new game. I mean, it's they score a touchdown there. We like you said before, that's a fourteen point swing on a team that don't score a lot of points. Uh, and for Johnson to stand there and let the fastest guy in the NFL draft last year pick the ball up, uh, DJ Turner, and just take off it—it it, was—it was shameful. It was, um, it was something that I—I I don't think the Steelers, the teammates, are going to say the right things. But I, I guarantee Hayward's holding that in deep down inside. Man, he's. Oh, you. He's, uh, he's uh, it,
0: uh, if I can go back to something you said earlier too. I mean, here's a situation where. Chooks Okafor got benched for saying yeah. something on the bench. Deontay Johnson did not get benched for what he did. You it's know, it, it's night and day. Now, I don't care that Chooks got benched because Chooks is not a very good player and it was overpaid. It's a really bad deal, and the Steelers know that. Uh, and I don't think he'll be long for this team, nor do I think Johnson should be long for this team. I know his no. cap hit against the salary cap next year might be <laughs> $5 million in dead, dead money, but that's you. I don't know. Understand. You got to move on from that, you, you know. And I think that's something that, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's a double standard in my opinion. You know, the guy voiced something that wasn't wrong necessarily. Saying it out loud on the sideline during a game was probably wrong, and he got benched for it. They won't. Maybe that's why they're saying he got benched. And he really got benched for his play. Maybe it's a combination of both. I don't care. But there was action taken, and in the case of. Deontay Johnson, nothing was done again.
1: Yeah, it was shameful. The whole the whole situation was shameful. Um Joe, we're draft four one two, so we talk about the draft. We have talked about these drafted players from day one. And uh, me and you were our whole draft four one two team's consensus was it was a great draft. And I think as the season has played out week to week, I think we're starting to see um the fruits of the fruits of that draft. I mean and I'm going to start with Joey Porter. I know he got another another penalty, and we talked about that. He's going to get penalties as a rookie in the way he plays the game. But there was a little stat I saw the other day showing the receivers what they've done against him, like one on one. Like he's held like DeAndre Hopkins down. He's heard he, he's he's held Jamar Chase down. Jamar Chase don't make them two tipped catches. I don't know if Jamar Chase really did anything in that game. Um, we got to see Nate Herbig, um, is it Nick Nick Herbig? Right, Nick. Right. I was yeah. I get the mix up. We got to see Nick Herbig come out of nowhere and just like a shot out of a cannon to get a sack. Um, we got to see and Broderick Jones is having his ups and downs, but I mean you could tell the running game has improved since the day he's gone in there and and, and Washington's starting to see a little bit of play and Benton's probably the best of the rookies. What are you I mean this this draft class is is pretty solid. It's about as solid as we're gonna see in the in a, it's a, a Omar Khan has giving me his. Um, I'm giving him two thumbs up in his first draft.
0: Yeah, you know. So let's talk. Let's go. You know, from you mentioned Porter first. I mean, Porter has had a great season for a rookie corner. These are. This is a guy they drafted to be on an island. He's taken on the responsibility of the of covering the other team's best receiver multiple times. Took him a while to yeah. earn that starter position, but you know, it's another one of these guys yeah. who kind of scratching your head saying, why wasn't he starting from day one? Yep. Um, you know, and let him just take his lumps and, and whatever. But, hey, again, that's a coaching decision. Um, but he's proven he can be there. Yes, he does take dumb penalties. He do, he's he got to learn he doesn't need to grab and hold and use his
1: hands. And he's, done that, from, he's done that from day one at Penn State. I mean, it's, 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 that was his – that's always been yeah. his calling card. So Yeah, so in, in, they're just going to call it every
0: game on him until he's no longer a rookie. Uh, he earns a little bit of respect. I mean, that's just the way it is in this league and every league for that matter. Rookies don't get the benefit of the doubt most of the time. So, uh, but I will say this I mean, the kid can play. Um, you know, he's bodied up against these guys. Uh, there's yeah. no room for them to make the catch. And with his length, that six foot three and those long arms, that kid has proven he's yeah. got the goods. And I think he's going to be a real good one. And as the first pick in the second round, that was a monstrous steal. Yeah. I think getting back to Broderick Jones. Jones has been exceptional, exceptional in the run game. (laughs) He did give up a sack in Cleveland, uh, but in four starts, he's only given up one sack, to my knowledge. Um, And I also have to say, you know, when's the Dan Moore experiment going to end? Is this another one of these things where, you know, look, maybe the guy can't play right tackle, and they're not going to put Chooks back in, signaling maybe the end of his career in Pittsburgh. But, you know, you drafted Broderick Jones, and yet again last week, Dan Moore gave up another sack. The week before, he gave up three sacks. Yep. I mean, the guy is should be a reserve player. Would probably be better as a reserve player. Uh, and you drafted Jones to play on the left. Put him on the left. Just just put him on the left and figure out what you want to do at right tackle. Move move more over there. Maybe they can't because Moore can't yeah. play that. I don't I don't know the internals. Of that, but you know, ultimately, I don't think we're going to see Jones at the left tackle position until next year, and oh, I hope yeah. he's there and is a mainstay for the rest of his career uh, for the next ten years, guarding Kenny's backside. There, uh, you mentioned Herbig. Herbig. But, I mean, what else can you want from a fourth round pick, oh, right? The know. guy just shows up in big times. He had a big game in the, the or big, yeah. you know, big games in, in, with Cleveland. Big games. Uh, a big game last week with a big sack. You know, he's a spot player. It's exactly what you could expect yeah. to him in his first year as a fourth-round guy. Keanu Benton, boom. Like, he is Rookie of the Year for the Steelers, Definitely. hands down. I mean, someone might give it to Broderick Jones. There's an argument there. Someone might give With it the Porter. to Joey Porter Jr., but I'm telling you, this, this guy, day in, day out, when Cam Hayward went down, he stepped in, and there's no looking back. He's got a nonstop motor. He runs down players 20 yards downfield. Yes, he, um, he could rush the quarterback better than everybody thought he could. Uh, he's really played that position very well, and he's just going to get better. You know, I think that uh, of the oh. top four oh. picks, um, you know, he's really made probably the most. He's had the most resonance to date. Uh, and then, of course, we saw Washington with the catch last week, and he's uh, continued to improve uh, the offensive line play with his blocking on the on the on the the run game. Uh, you know, it is really hard to say that this wasn't an A plus draft.
1: Looking at it, you know, eleven oh, games man. in. I agree. And it, it's a good segue to the next thing is, and you sort of mentioned it. You mentioned it with um with the Deontay Johnson thing. Do you think, in your opinion, looking at the 2024 draft, say we draft in the just say the 20 to 23 range, just for 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 argument, sense of argument, 20 to 23, just say in that range. Do you look at a second or third wide receiver in the draft class at that point? like with if 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 we if if a team goes in saying Johnson's not coming back i mean we we, ba- we basically need probably two receivers next year would you agree i'm not saying just rookies i mean i'm saying maybe sign a free agent but would you look at drafting a receiver that early it
0: depends on where we are i mean you mentioned 20 to 23 it might be even you know if they <laughs> they make the playoffs and they keep stacking wins if they get to 11 wins you're going to see them at, you know 22, 23, 24, you know, I, I, so here, this is my thought on that. Clearly it's a weakness. Um, Pickens as good and as talented as he is needs to do more. I think they need to use him more. Um, Deontay Johnson, I think his days as a Steeler, in my opinion, are hopefully numbered. Um, you know, Alan Robinson is a good possession guy. But, you know, he is what he is. The Calvin John, uh, Austin experiment has run its course. I don't think he's a, he's a guy, um, yeah. you know. And I would not necessarily think that he should come back. I think he's someone they could take another flyer at, later in the draft or get pick up someone that, that can do, that, do better than him. And I think that we're seeing what Fryermuth can do as a tight end receiver uh, when you use him. Yeah, you know. So, and we're still got to see how Washington develops as a receiver at that same tight end position. I think it's a place they should look. I don't know if they'll look at that in the first round. I still think they've got plenty of holes on this offensive line. I do uh, and I still think that there's an inside linebacker need on this team. And I do think that if they do let Johnson play out his last season uh, uh, under contract and Pickett's gets a little bit better, um, they could probably go out and dip into the free agent market and then get someone later in the draft. This, this draft, I mean, Marvin Harrison is going to go in the top three. You know, so he's gone. But you've got guys like, you know, Roma Dunze, who's sitting there. You've got, I mean, the the amount of talent that is sure. Malik Neighbors. There's enough guys. Do they slide down into that 2023? They did last year. Yep. You know, there was that run of four receivers back to back where we saw Quentin yep. Johnson and Jordan Addison and Zay there There's a, they all went like there was a run of four. They were all gone yep. in the early 20s, mid 20s. Yeah, they the did. The Steelers they could get lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could get lucky, and one of those guys fall. But I also think that you know, if you look at what Andy Weidel and and Omar Khan did this past year, I think they're going to focus yeah. on uh, the interior, going to look at the offensive line and defensive line to see who's there when they're there, and they're not going to be afraid to trade up to get something if they need to. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I honestly think the receivers in play, uh, but I also think that we're gonna we're gonna need an offensive guard. We're gonna need a center. Uh, there are guys that are just not coming back on this team, and some of that they can address in free agency, and others of that they're going to have to address in the draft again. And we'll see what we are, where where it really ferrets itself out, and where they are uh, at the end of the season. How do you feel order, about and, the, Steel- the How do one? you
1: feel about the Steelers taking another, um, another another tackle of one of the because the tackles are pretty um. There's like four or five that could go in the first round, and there could be definitely one or two. when the Steelers pick is if there's a guy that um comes out that. Is basically a better right tackle than left tackle, and there are a couple at the, at the top like Graham Barton might be a better tackle than left tackle guy. Like, would you, would you be interested in getting your getting your ends of your you know, getting your offensive line to, to cap them off the cap on off the ends right now and get them ready to go, and then or or, or you, would you look more at getting um, a guard or center? That that'd be pretty high though, that in the 22, 23, if it's 22-23 range
0: yeah oh yeah i mean unless it's a david DeCastro that's sitting there at like 28 and you're gonna get a generational guard or or center and there is no generational centers in this class i mean there are some really good players that might be excellent second and third round picks at center i mean creed humphrey was a second round guy you know and and look he's an all pro in kansas city you know landon dickerson you know he was a later round pick he's now starting guard and heir apparent to jason kelsey in philadelphia you could get those guys
1: later in the draft. Um, yeah, Cedric Cedric Van Pran might be there, like in a second round later, and that'd be a nice, you know. I mean, like I, I I'm, I'm on the same boat as you are. I think that Omar Khan is going to build that offensive line. Just, um, I don't I have no problem with Mason Cole. I think we talked about it before that he's a good stopgap kind of guy. But the Steelers need to start building, building that future up the middle. I mean, that's just the way they've always done it in their in their history of the Steelers. They've always had that that young sil- center they build around, and then. I think it's, it goes a long way for them. I think Mason Cole's doing a fine job for what he's there for right now, but uh, he's he's gone after the next after the twenty four season. So is Daniels. There's a lot of guys gone after the twenty four season on the line. So I can see the Steelers doing what you're saying there. Yeah,
0: and I, I nothing uh, you know against uh, yeah. you know the the idea of choosing a receiver in the first round, but you know I think that a lot of it will depend on that first rung of free agency and who the Steelers think they might be able to get, you know, and last year they, the last couple of years, they went out and got Cole and Daniels and then they brought in Cimo and and they have uh, tried to revamp that line. And, you know, but but the expiration of the contracts for both Cole and Daniels and the expectation that neither of those guys Mm -hmm. may come back, they're going to have to address that in free agency and again in the draft. And I think it just depends on who falls to them. This isn't a draft where they're going to be able to jump up and, to the number 10 spot and wow. grab a guy like there was talking with the Chicago bears last year, or, you know, look, they did that that quick swap going from 17 to 14 uh, with the new England Patriots last year. There may be one of those things where they can go from 20 to 17 or 20 to 15. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yes. not an expensive move. Uh, but at the end of the day, it just depends on what they're going to target and what they get in that first one of, <laughs> of free agents uh, that, that we'll see right at that March. I think it's March one uh, is when that, that, when that happens. So, um, you know, we'll see what they do and and what what happens and then that'll inform what they'll need in the draft. And I I
1: think that'll provide some clarity. Definitely. Definitely will. And and the last question I'm going to ask you before we go, there's six games left in the season. Um, Kenny Pickett showed some improvement last game. Of course, he threw the ball down the middle. He stretched the defense out a little bit down the middle, which was nice. What do you want to? What, what improvements do you want to see him the rest of the way? I know he's went eight games without an interception, and I actually hate that that uh, that he's done that because to me that's a that's a sad showing that he doesn't take chances kind of thing. Like I'd actually wish, I hope next game he throws three touchdowns and two interceptions. I have no issues with that as long as he was he was pushing the ball to Pickens or make trying to make a play. But what do you want to see him do the last six games? So I want him to throw a three hundred yard game. I want him to have two touchdowns in a game.
0: I want him to show that he's i I hate to say you know you know uh you know a guy that's going to collect stats that's not what this is about this isn't about him being a fantasy quarterback this is him showing that he can be a quarterback and lead a team with his arm uh and i think that um last week was the start of it you know what i mean he didn't get that johnson touchdown he should have had and you know again i think the steelers like the idea of him being careful um, uh, but I think there's sometimes, you know, you, you have to play to win instead of playing not to lose, I you agree. know, and for, for him to get better, you're, he's going to make mistakes and then understand, I saw that I know what I did wrong and not do it again. And that's how you learn to throw less interceptions, not throwing at certain parts of the field or throwing 12 screen passes in a single game isn't teaching you to be a better quarterback. It's showing you that I'm just going to be a game manager and we're going to try to pick up four yards. And then the team crowds on wow. a line of scrimmage, you can't run the ball and then you lose, so I want to see him get a three hundred yard game. I want to see him get two or three touchdowns in a game. Show everybody, hey, look, I'm making progress. Especially if they start to, you know, to get into that uh, that playoff time, it would be nice to see him get multiple touchdowns back to back and show progress as he gets there and be more dangerous in the playoffs as opposed to just a one done, which the Steelers um, over the last ten years have been when they have reached the playoffs.
1: Joe, it's been great, um, great Steeler talk. Um, like I said, seven and four—it's amazing. They play Arizona this week. They could be eight and four. Um, before we let you go, don't forget about Bet Rivers down on the North Shore. Um, go down there; it's a great, great, great place, man. I think they're—they're they're building that place up nice inside. Go down there, watch any any football, any basketball game, anything that's on TV is on down there. Uh, make a bet, eat some food. I—I um, I know I go down there a lot in the summer because I go to—I'll uh, park down there for the Pirate games and walk down and. Uh, it's a beautiful place. So go hang out at Bet Rivers. Thank you, Bet Rivers, for the uh, the sponsor. Joe, thank you for the Sealer talk. Uh, some great points tonight. Uh, let's hope that that Kenny does improve, and let's hope that uh, Sullivan and Faulkner keep keep doing what they're doing. Have a Thanks good again for
0: having me on, JT. Appreciate it, man. Take it easy.
1: You too.